Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And what we're going to be sharing with you guys today um, is something that once you internalize this and you actually put it into action, it's going to be your best way of keeping yourself true to your, you know, frankly, your internal GPS or your North Star. This is a concept Julie and I created years and years ago, and we call it early warning signs. And uh, conceptually, again, there are five, now three to five early warning signs And these are early warning signs, the concept being that you're going to use these as a barometer to know whether or not you're on track for your life, frankly, you're ahead or you're behind. But these are going to be the very early signs that perhaps you are actually starting to go off course. That's right. It's also something that we look for as coaches in coaching, right? We can detect some of these things before you guys do. So how do you know if your business or your personal life or both is headed for a big slowdown? Will your income fall off a cliff in 60 or 90 days, or will you keep your momentum? Now, before there were reliable seismometers, earthquakes were even more destructive than they are today. Entire cities were built on fault lines, and there would be no warning sign before destruction would ensue, because they simply didn't know, right? So the point being is a seismometer is essentially something that's going to give you an early warning sign of the size of the earthquake mm-hmm. that is eminent. You guys conceptually understand it? Same thing with, uh, you know, tornado sirens. That's right. And before tornado sirens, we grew up in the Midwest, so we're quite familiar with these. Tornadoes would hit and nobody would have time to hide in cellars or basements. You had no idea what the track of the tornado would be. There was no warning to take action. Or where we live now, tsunami sirens. <laughs> exactly. Hurricanes Actually, it's funny. Things. There's a tsunami siren and then it's followed by a voice that's telling you to go to higher ground. It's completely creepy. For those yes. of you listening to us for the first time, we live in Puerto Rico. I know one of our new neighbors asked me if that was for real or not. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you need to know where you're going to go. You do. Okay. So similarly, before planes and pilots had the ability to detect and report turbulence to the planes around them and following in the same path, turbulence would seemingly come out of nowhere and surprise the passengers, wreck their lunch trays and freak everybody out. Now they have onboard weather radar and better reporting so they can warn everyone and steer around those disturbances. Now, fortunately, we now have seismometers, tornado sirens, and turbulence indicators. But what are your early warning signs? How do you know when you're getting off track before you're actually experiencing turbulence, earthquakes, or a tornado to your own income stream? So you guys get the concept here? So here's what we want you to do. The output of today's podcast is very simple. We want you to write down, frankly, the ones we're about to give you are going to be perfect for all of you. Write these down, put them on a piece of paper, put them everywhere where you're going to have to you know, be looking like for work or in your car or something. I've had coaching clients that are, were, if you guys have ever wondered why you have ups and downs in your life, not just your income, it's because you're not 
paying attention, frankly, to what your early warning signs are. And so, again, one of the exercises I've had coaching clients do is on a three by five card, write down what these early warning signs are. And they may have had some personalized ones as well. Um, you know, I remember I had some uh, folks that were uh, maybe they had some uh, substance abuse problems. Sure. And there would be things like that. Am I going to parties or bars where I'm going to run into other people that are going to possibly pull me back into my substance abuse problem? Things like that. You know, maybe somebody had a weight problem and am I all of a sudden finding myself looking in the windows of bakeries, you know, <laughs> whatever they are. I mean, I'm trying to make you guys well, laugh. But, but be introspective. We're going to give you five typical examples that we see a lot, but you're going to have some of your own. So take notes about what we're presenting, but also be thinking and jot down some of your things that might get you off track. So five early warning signs that you may be headed for a crash. Point number one, warning sign. We're going to do a warning sign and a potential solution, okay? Yep. So first warning sign You've started to blame everyone and everything else for your lack of momentum, the market conditions, your broker, lack of inventory, higher interest rates, or what party is in office. So here's the solution. Put down your blame thrower and embrace these affirmations. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. Those are quotes from our book, Harris Rules. If you guys haven't gotten that yet, it's available everywhere on and offline. All the major booksellers have it called Harris Rules. And Julie, she just got that directly from Harris Rules because I remember, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's chapter 11 or Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. So make sure you read that book. Again, Harris Rules, it's also available on Audible. Yes. So the point there is own it, right? We've done podcasts about always saying it's too soon to tell whether something's overwhelmingly good or bad, but the point is to own it. Whatever happens to you, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And this is the anti-procrastination saying, I'm a doer. I do things now. I get things done. I use that, especially on Mondays. You probably can tell. Yeah. You are very efficient (laughs) at getting things done on Monday. I mean, even before we went to the gym today, you had like 15 little things you were loops you were closing. I was on a rampage because I do use that. It's very hard to procrastinate if you say I'm a doer, I do things now, I get things done. Okay. Point number two or early warning sign number two, you're not exercising. But again, go to, let's, again, let's not bounce from one to the other. Let's be very clear. So an early warning sign that you want to look for for yourself is are you starting to not take complete responsibility for the things that are happening in your life? Are you starting to blame things externally? Are you starting to look for reasons why you don't have any listings? Are you starting to look for reasons why you don't have your magic number of listings, which might be 10 or 15 listings? Are you starting to look for reasons why you're gaining weight or why you're not saving the amount of money that you're, you know, are you, oh, it's inflation. It's okay. When you are in that process, that is a mental, emotional process, there is no upside to acting like it's not your responsibility. One of the things, if this was a great thing we learned from a Navy SEAL book, Julie, mm-hmm. is you have to take ultimate responsibility. Jack, uh, Jocko Wilnick said this. Mm-hmm. Take ultimate responsibility for everything good and everything bad that happens in your life. We're great, all of us, at taking resp- or, you know taking credit, let's say, for the good things that happen. But what if every single thing, even the bad ones, are ultimately your responsibility? In other words, you're never a victim of any situation or circumstance then all of a sudden you're always empowered to improve and you're no longer going to be able to blame something external for why you're not accomplishing in your life what you want to accomplish. You guys get it? I know conceptually you get it because it just makes sense. It's very practical and tactical. But how many of you want to look for some external reason why you're not actually essentially accomplishing the things you otherwise know you could? Okay, so obvious example. I don't have my buyers in contract because there's nothing in the MLS for them. Oh, there you go. Okay, versus I don't have my buyers in contract because I haven't found them something that's not in the MLS. 
because I don't know where the new construction is, because I don't know how to call old expireds and put them in contract on that. Do you see the difference between I'm not in momentum because something else versus I'm not in momentum because I haven't put myself there? I didn't take that listing because so-and-so overpriced it. Or right. I, I didn't take that listing because so-and-so cut their commission. I nope. didn't want it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't take that listing because they didn't, you know, they were politically leaning this way and I'm the other way. Whatever, guys. That is your excuse, and that's going to be an early warning sign, as Julie said, of an imminent crash. You start allowing that type of loser thinking, excuse thinking, you start basically being a blame thrower. You're the one, ultimately, that's going to end up with the burns. Point number two. There you go. That was a good tie-in with the burns. I like that. Okay, number two, warning sign. You're not exercising. If you're experiencing a lack of energy or feeling depressed or unmotivated, Put one foot in front of the other. There's an African proverb that goes like this. When you pray, move your feet. So here's the solution. Get back to exercising. Now, I realize some of you haven't started exercising, so it's hard to get back to it. Either one, exercise. But make it even better for your business. Join Orange Theory, Zumba, CrossFit, or form a walking club in your neighborhood. Being around other people gives you an opportunity to talk about real estate while you're getting back on your exercise routine. Well, a lot of people, I know because they send us pictures, Mm -hmm. listen to this podcast while they're going on their morning walks and whatnot. We always do these shows are about 20 to 30 minutes. Sometimes they're longer. Um, And yeah, that's a great amount of time to be doing a brisk walk. And I did talk about this. I didn't show you, Julie, on Instagram Hmm. this Mm -hmm. morning. Uh, Julie and I post as accountability, frankly, because yep. we loathe, not hate, loathe. That's different Detest. than Detest. <laughs> That's right. Working out. We don't like it. We like the people. We like when we're done. We don't like doing it. But we force ourselves to do it. It really, at no point while we're working out, do we all of a sudden find ourselves waiting to work out. Yeah, not athletic. Skipped gym class from pretty much 100%, grade on. Yeah, exactly. not our thing. Yeah, but we do it. And we do uh, hold ourselves accountable by posting a post-workout picture almost every single day in Instagram. So if you guys want to you know, participate in being ultimately accountable to working out, there's a good idea for you. Start posting pictures on your Instagram. And again, it doesn't, when I'm not, you know, you guys don't have to be workout models. I'm just wanting you to post a picture sure. of your post-workout showing the world that you've done it. And what you're going to discover uh, is you're going to motivate other people to do the same thing, which right. is incredible. Right. Even if that's your walk in your neighborhood, maybe you're part of a hiking club or you went on a bike ride, start posting. We do appreciate that. Okay. And you will too. Point number three, or warning sign number three, you're not following a profit-driven schedule. Hoping, waiting, or speculating for your next few transactions is not a plan. Your daily profit-driven schedule must include proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. Now, if you are not doing any of those last things on the list, it means you have to do the first and most important, proactively generate new leads. So what is the solution when you're off your schedule, or maybe you've never really embraced the idea of having a schedule. We've done podcasts about that. Here's the solution. Set a specific short-term goal of generating new pre-qualified appointments. If you need three new listings in the next 30 days, your short-term goal is to set at least one new listing appointment this week. What are you doing today to achieve that goal? So for example, um, one of the rules, frankly, or one of the early warning signs that some of you want to may adopt in alignment with what Julie just said, is you want to have, uh, you know, on your early warning sign card, did I make, say, for example, five proactive lead generation contacts to prospective sellers? I was very specific in what I just said, wasn't I? And you meant today, not this week. Exactly. Every single day. Are you actually putting yourself in a position? And this is how you know whether or not you're doing proactive lead generation. This is really the cutting through it, fluff-free way of knowing. 
Are you putting yourself in a position because you're following scripts and you're asking questions that could result in that potential seller for you saying no? And if you're not, you're not doing your job. If all you're doing is calling people with the intent of creating more lead follow-up, you're not doing your job. You're doing your job when you're asking questions using our scripts that are designed to obviously get these folks to the point where they're going to want to meet with you, list their house with you, and so you can actually make money and help people. You guys get it? So if you're not, again, an early warning sign or more advanced coaching clients, it would be, are you making five or seven or 10 proactive lead generation contacts per day? And on a coaching call, we would ask them, you know, Bob, okay, so it's been a week and you had five work days. Did you make your, say, for example, 50 proactive lead generation contacts? And if Bob didn't, then what we're going to know and what Bob will know is that in the future and usually not too much in the distant future, he's going to see a drop off in his momentum and his income because he'll know what his ratios are. He's going to know. Let's just make the number more reasonable so you guys can wrap your minds around it. Bob has to make five proactive lead generation contacts a day. That's 25 a week. That's 100 per month. And Bob knows when he does that. He's going to generate an average, say, three to five new listings per month. And he knows when he does that, he's going to keep an, a minimum number of five listings at all times. In his marketplace, Bob's going to make $30,000 a month because each of his listings, once they sell, are going to net him about fifteen grand each. You guys get it? And so we're going to be able to know Bob's numbers based on what I just said. And when he stops making those contacts because he's leaning into number one, I ran out of time. I couldn't control my schedule. Not my fault. There weren't enough leads for me to call. Not my fault. Well, then, Bob, we know that for a fact in the next 90 days, you're going to have a precipitous, huge, nasty drop off in your income. So all the advances you may have made with your business are going to be eviscerated because you stopped doing your minimum standard. Similar to the seismograph that's starting to show us there's little movement there's little gyrations that are mm -hmm. happening in the earth and based on the frequency and the intensity we know that sometime in this time frame there's going to be a big earthquake right same idea guys hopefully you're wrapping your minds around this concept so warning sign number four the overconsumption of negative news association with negative people or incessantly doom scrolling how do you feel when you spend your time this way and it's not just, you know, because there's an election cycle coming or because, you know, this or that happened on the news. It's always like that. All you have to do is watch any of it and you'll get sucked into it. So an early warning sign is the overconsumption of negative news. Here's the solution. Follow any news, frankly. Any news because it's pretty much all negative. Yep. So follow a media-free morning or media-free day. Unless you're, what you're watching or listening to is in support of your powerful mindset, providing you valuable market or business knowledge, step away from that media. This is why I love podcasts, because you can curate what you are feeding your brain versus turning on the radio. Well, right? I mean, or whatever. Po podcasting, without a doubt, is replacing mainstream media because yes. mainstream media is just propaganda. And mm -hmm. uh, that shouldn't surprise anyone. You all know that's true. So what Julie and I do, and hopefully none of you will find this surprising, is we watch zero news. Zero. And by zero, we mean zero. None. We no. don't watch any. Matter of fact... I don't I, even know how to turn the TV on. <laughs> exactly. In our house, we have two TVs, but those TVs are just moved, used mostly on movie night, which is Friday night or and Saturday. And Formula One. In Formula One, that's true. <laughs> uh, and we watch movies with as a family. That's it. We do not consume any news. Nobody in my our family does in our immediate family. Why? Because it's all crap. Yeah. You don't listen. If you listen to something and the news is designed to basically cause you to feel fear, 
to feel an emotion, to feel have, and that releases a little bit of dopamine, and then you get addicted to it. The same with scrolling. All of this stuff is incredibly manipulative. And what those SOBs are doing is they're stealing your potential. They're stealing your time. They're gaming you. And for gosh sakes, do not let your little kids even get close to anything that's going to be able to, uh, at a young age, get them addicted to all that crap. Nope. I mean, Zoe asked us, she's, you know, nine. She asked us, when am I going to get a phone? All my friends have phones. And we told her when she's 187. No. <laughs> no. You don't get one. No. No, we said we're going to well, get her. Well, not a smartphone. We, yeah, we're going to get her a dumb phone. She goes, what's a dumb phone? I said, it only makes calls. <laughs> You're still thinking about what that yeah, could mean. I know. Okay, point number five, uh, early warning sign. You're not making enough contact with people actually ready to transact. Are you conflict avoiding, contact avoiding, and hiding out for potential business? Well, here's the solution. You touched on this earlier. Are you in a position to hear the word no every day so that you can hear yes more frequently? If not, you're simply not having enough conversations about real estate. You must make a minimum number of contacts every day in order to meet or exceed your goals. If you have to do 18 transactions this year, you've got to make 18 contacts every workday until your skill drives that ratio down to a lower number. Now, some people might say 18 contacts, 18 conversations, that seems like so many. And yet, when you call all of your leads, that's a start. When you call five people from your past client center of influence, that's a start. Three expireds, the only two for sale by owners you can find in the area. 18 really is not that big of a number, but when you drill down and you talk to the more logical people, that ratio does go down. So other early warning signs you might want to consider. Um, you Are you praying every day? That might be something a lot of you guys want to integrate into your lives. Some of you are going to have an early warning sign if you're drinking at all or if you're having more than, say, one glass of wine a day. Some of you are going to have very specific behaviors that are unique to you that if you um, essentially embolden those behaviors and those uh, that compounds, that you start building negative momentum 60 or 90 days from now, you're essentially going to have some form of a crash. And here's an interesting little thought for all of you. Your present uh, life how you look, how you think, people around you, amount of money in your different accounts, the customers you're working with, the house you're living in, the car you're driving, the clothes you're wearing, all of that is a direct reflection of the thoughts you've had in the past and not even usually the distant past, 60, 90 days ago. You did, you made some decisions that were leading you to where you are today. Um, and there's, it's so easy to fall in the trap of these little tiny, you know what, Julie, look, I a glass of wine a day, whatever. What's a second glass? What difference mm -hmm. does it make? Oh, I know it's seven o'clock and we shouldn't be, you know, A, having a second glass of wine, but B, having after seven o'clock because it all goes to fat. Let's have a pizza with that. Let's have a pizza. Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, Julie and I, we were, you know, back when we sold real estate, we definitely had our, uh, I mean, we- Vices. Yeah, we had our vices. We Every time we sold a house, we especially on, you know, Friday, we'd buy a pizza and we sold a crap ton of houses, so I mean, you guys <laughs> right. put two and two together, right? Well, but it's the early warning signs that then become the accumulation effect, right. and that's what sneaks up on you. C and it, yeah, it's not just like you're the obvious things like that, but it can also be starting to hang out with people who maybe that couple fights a lot, and you're you kind of like them. But you're kind of gotten used to them, and now you start to be a little contentious with your spouse, and you don't realize where it's coming from. Julie and I, this is, I mean, she, I'm surprised you actually said that. Julie and I deal with this, uh, that particular thing, on a regular basis. We have a lot of friends, you know. In, Friendishes. In, you're right, exactly, where we live. 
and it you hang out with them once and they're on their best behavior twice you start to see well, they that they had their guard down <laughs> exactly and then if you add a little bit of alcohol then you're realizing nah not for me you know right. and so what Julie and I do and we have to remind ourselves to do this is we build a moat we build a moat around our marriage we build a moat around the way we think we build a moat not to the point where people can't get in or frankly we can't get out it's that we have an opportunity to really sift and sort who we want to associate with because Julie and I have great mindsets, but we're not impenetra- impenetrable. Im- impenetrable. Thank you. Uh, so yes. someone could easily influence us without us knowing it. You know, I could hang out um, with a bunch of guys, and I've had this experience before. And, you know, they're all fun and lighthearted, but a couple of them are complaining about their wives, let's say, for example. And then I come home without knowing it, and I'm, you know, not appropriate with Julie. Maybe I'm a little nasty or a little whatever. Grumpy, maybe. Grumpy, let's say. And so that type of thing, it makes its way. And then all of a sudden she's, well, why was he a jerk to me? And now that turns into an evening, turns into a day, turns into a week. And next thing you know, you've got this building problem. You guys get it? Build a moat around and protect your essentially protect what's dear to you and with everything you've got, especially, and by the way, this time that we're in right now is going to create more opportunity if you're open to receiving what's out there, what's available, what's on our near future. I'm not going to, you know, vamp on AI or any of the other advances that are going to come as a result of it. I know a lot of people want you to believe it's going to be doom and gloom, but it's not. It's going to be incredible. Uh, And you're not going to receive the benefits of all the miraculous changes that are going to come our way over the next three to five years if you're allowing any of these early warning signs to ruin your potential. So you make your own list. What are the things that you know, Julie's given you five examples, I think we ended up giving you a lot more than that, that when those things start to show up in your life, you can then start saying, "Uh uh-uh, I see that early warning sign. So create, you know, make some three by five cards. Write down what your three to five early warning signs are. For Julie and I, it's, you know, if there's just basic things. If we don't do the podcast every day at the super high level, if we don't work out every single day, we try to do things every single day that we don't want to do and we don't want to do at the highest level because within that is a discipline that we never want to lose. You know, we check all of our, we, we check all of our KPIs. You know, we run several businesses and we have some complicated things that we have to monitor. But that's the business side. I also I make sure that Zoe and I have breakfast at school every morning. That's it's something that for me is important, for her is important. You know, there's different areas for this. I would say from a coaching standpoint, surely from a business and numbers standpoint, what I look for is if I know for you to meet or exceed your goals, you've got to have five active listings at all times and you're sitting there on one and I have had a second call with you two weeks later and you're maybe at one and then you sell that one and now you're listless. That's an early warning sign that you're going to be broken 60 days. Well, since you brought up the personal thing, I have, uh, um, you know, Julie and I uh, will, you know, I give Julie a hug every morning. I tell her I love yeah. her. And we tell, we do that intentionally, even if we are in grumpy moods, right? <laughs> even if it's Monday morning and we haven't faced the gym yet. Exactly. You see what I'm <laughs> saying? You do it every single day. That's how you build positive momentum. Because there's positive momentum that cause, comes from all these little small things because they build after over time you've got something miraculous and you've changed your life you've reprogrammed your mind you've reprogrammed your body you guys can do this but you got to start out with realizing that whatever your present reality is is a direct mirror of what your past decisions were so if you don't like what your present reality is go back to point number one there's no one to blame but yourself 
So guys, listen, the next natural step for all of you to do urgently is join Premier Coaching. And the way you can do that is just go to premiercoaching.com or you can, there's direct links to sign up right now that are in the show descriptions. They're everywhere. It's very simple. Just go to premiercoaching.com um, or frankly, just, you know, frankly, click one of the links in the show descriptions. Thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. If you're liking us, I'm sorry, please do a subscribe on YouTube. Click the little bell icon so you can be notified of new shows, which happen every day, by the way. If you're listening to us over on iTunes, please do give us a five-star review. Your reviews help us uh, essentially stay on mission and help more real estate professionals around the world. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.